The following podcast is brought to you by the Bridge Bible Church in Somerset, Wisconsin. For more information, please visit our website at thebridgewire.com. Several of you, if you saw me up here preaching today, I must be insane. I just moved this week, <laughs> and uh, it's been a busy week, and God is good, and he meets us in the hard times, and he meets us and gives us what we need. And this week, he's proven himself time and time again. This morning, uh, the message I have is not from Revelation. We're going to see that next week, and I'd I had purposed not to be in Revelation already this week because I knew I was moving and doing all that. And I got to last night and I was praying and praying and looked at different passages, easy passages. Like, I can preach this like on a fly. And God kept saying, no, no, no. And I I couldn't settle until he brought me to Mark chapter 9. If you have your Bible, open it to Mark chapter 9. Not only did he bring me to this chapter, he did not give me an easy sermon. Um, This one meets us individually, meets us corporately. It's looking at the disciples and Jesus saying, it's not this, what you're doing. It's other. It's different. It's the kingdom. And they're missing it. And I feel at times we miss it. We get caught up in things. And so I'm going to pray. <laughs> Here's my notes for the day. That's it. Usually I have four pages of these. So maybe it'll go fast. Maybe I'll just ramble for an hour. Who knows? If I do that, someone just come get a shepherd hook and pull me off like the gong show. You know. uh, that was dated. I only heard like one chuckle. Golly. Anyway. Lord Jesus, we thank you for how good you are. Just singing those those songs to you. And being reminded of what you've done for us. We're just so thankful. Just so thankful. You meet us right where we are. And you bring us in. And you love us, and you change us. So Holy Spirit, come now and work. Come and speak through me. Speak through the scripture. Open our ears to hear. Open our hearts to receive. And God, may we be transformed because we have met with you this morning 
in worship, in prayer, and in the word, and in fellowship, and all of these elements. May we see you. We ask this in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. John chapter 9, we're going to be looking at verses 33 through 50, and you can follow along. It'll be on the screen, and, and I'll be reading the section, and then we'll, we'll go through it. Starting in verse 33, if you have headers, this is broken up into three sections, and we're looking at it as one section. We're putting the whole letter in context with itself, okay? So usually you hear three different sermons out of this, and they might not even be connected, but this is so connected, and we need to see that, okay? So starting here, it says this, starting in verse 33, it says, and they came to Capernaum, so that's Jesus and his disciples. They had been ministering, they had been doing uh, things with Jesus, and and there's been... uh, miracles and and, and demons cast out. And and this is after the transfiguration on the mountain at the beginning of chapter 9. So like, there's a lot that has happened and they come to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and he called the twelve and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and he put him in the midst of them and talking with with him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me but him who sent me. John said to him, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly, I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled Then with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life than with better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves 
and be at peace with one another. We see this whole section where Jesus knows exactly what's going on with his people. The great shepherd sees the intricacies behind the scenes. On the surface, the ministry is looking wonderful and great, and everything is happening, and people are coming, and there's deliverance happening, and the gospel of the kingdom is being proclaimed, and, and they're seeing this, this groundswell of people wanting to come and be with Jesus, and this is awesome, and they're like, we just want to see the rabbi. And then, and then as they're walking to Capernaum, they get there, and Jesus says, hey guys, what were you talking about along the way? They weren't talking about how God was meeting those who were coming. They weren't talking about how God was transforming and changing and casting out darkness and bringing the kingdom near and bringing hope. It says this. He says, in verse 33, he asked them, what were you discussing? But they kept silent for they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time. <laughs> Muhammad Ali, right? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, you know? And they're probably going back and forth, no, I think I'm better than you because or whatever. And they probably didn't do it that way. They, you know, how we hum do the humble brag. It's like, well, you know, I'm not anything special, but I can't handle the Old Testament scriptures and the promises of the prophets a little bit better than most of you guys. Uh, so I don't know. I might be in the running. You, you just you can't make this up. This is us. This is humanity right here. Like, like we get caught up in things and we start arguing about petty stuff and we lose sight of the king and the kingdom. And we start looking at different things. And what do they do? They weren't even looking at Rome and Caesar and all the things of the world around. They were just looking at each other. Twelve guys looking at each other, pointing the finger at each other like, you're, you're not good enough. You're not doing the right thing. And Jesus is just, he knows exactly what's going on. He says, hey, what are you guys talking about? And then it kind of like, like a small child, you know, you're like, hey, what are you doing? And then you're like, nothing. You know, the disciples get real sheepish. They're like, I don't want to, I'm not going to answer him. Like, we were just arguing. And so what does he do? He goes right to, he goes right to where they are. Look at this. Look, if you think God doesn't see you, doesn't see your circumstances, doesn't, understand what's going on, he sees exactly where you are, exactly what's going on in your heart. He sees the, the attitude, and he sees the distress, and he sees the anxiety, and he sees the, the things that are just, just under the surface, all that turmoil that, that we carry at times. He sees it. He sees in these men the, 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 the zeal for wanting good, they want to be good for Jesus. They want to be the best for Jesus. I want to be better than all of the other guys. And he sees their zeal. He sees their hope. He sees all that they want to do. But he also sees their jealousy and he sees their striving. And so he needs to change some of that. He needs to do some, some heart work here. So he calls them and he sits them down together. And he says to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. The Son of God came not to be served, but to serve and to be a ransom for us. Here's Jesus saying, 
what, if, what am I showing you guys? What are you guys seeing in me? Like, we have sleepless nights where the people just keep coming and I just keep ministering and giving and pouring out. I am serving Israel and the people. We are giving them hope. We're giving them the words of God and, and lives are being changed. I'm spending time in village to village. We're walking. We're, at times we have abundance because people bring us in. At times we're, we're just dirty and dusty and we have very little to eat because we're just a traveling group and we, you know, this is all we got. And he says, and you guys are arguing about becoming great. And he says, the example you have before you, Messiah, Son of God, came to serve us, to give his life for us, to be our ransom. And he says, you want to be great? How about you flip the script and you start serving one another? Be like me. The first becomes last and he becomes the servant of all. Man, I probably later that night, they're probably arguing about, I serve better than you do. No, I'm going to take that for you. No, give me that. Like, I'm going to outserve you. No, I'm a better server. <laughs> Isn't that our heart? Like, Jesus said the best is the server, and I'm going to be the best server now. It's hard attitude. It's just being willing to just say, yeah, I see you. I see your need. I set my stuff aside. I'm going to come and help. And so here... He says, if anyone be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Pointing to the character of Jesus. And he took a child and he put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one such, one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. It's like this. Oh. Borrowing your stool, Matt. Jesus brings a child. I'm not going to grab that. I've... <laughs> brings a child, and he brings him over, and he sits him on his lap. And he just puts his arms around the little kid. Have you ever sat with your child like that? I love snuggling Greta. She is just a snuggler. I mean, my boys have gotten big. Caleb, if they're singing, I don't snuggle him anymore. Like, he was my Mr. Nubbins back in the day. But now he's grown. But little Greta, like, we can just sit, watch TV, and I can just be holding her. And eventually, you know, she's fidgety or whatever. She gets bored, but she's still sitting there. She watches whatever, and then eventually she, she'll put her head back. She has no concern that anything's going to happen. Why? I'm in my dad's arms. He's holding me. He just loves me. Unconditional. I'm safe. Here I am. And Jesus is saying, this is the love of the Father for you. Those who come to me are little children of faith, and this is how I love them. They come to me like a child, and I, I gather them up, and I put them on my lap, and they're just safe there no concern, no worry. And he says, guys, you're arguing with each other about who's the greatest and you should be loving each other the way this child's just sitting here. And you should be receiving each other this way. You should receive each other this way with love and compassion for each other, for concern. There should be no worry that my brother or sister in the Lord is going to 
hurt me because they love me in Jesus. They just gather, he gathers up this child. And then he goes on to say this. This is the heart of a father. This is a heart of, of our heavenly father. Listen to this. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So here he is holding this child, still having this discourse, having this conversation. He said, this little one who comes by faith that I'm holding, if your arguments and your pettiness and your striving and your whatever this is that you guys got going on in your heart right now that Jesus is addressing for them, as he addresses it, he says, if it's causing this little one to stray, to squirm, to say, I want to get out of your arms, Lord, I want, I want to get away. Like if he said, if they're not wanting to be here, he says, the heart of a dad or a mama bear, you hear that too? Like, oh, she's got the heart of a mama bear. She'll fight for her kids. Yeah. He's saying, if you're, if you're interrupting that, here's the heart of God. It'd be better for you to put a millstone around your neck and be thrown in the sea because I don't like it. God says, I don't like it. As a, as a shepherd, it hurts me too to see God's people not love each other well. We have a lot of people loving each other very well. But some of this happens, and it's in the, in the background in our personal lives. It's in, it, it makes its way into there. It shouldn't be here. And God says, my heart is that we should love each other, care for each other, and be reconciled with one another. He goes on to say, so if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He's not literally saying, guys, cut off your hands. He's talking about the actions. You have these temptations to strive against someone and, and, and do things like evil for evil, like retribution, and I'm going to do, and, and it comes out and it's action by your hands. He says, it's better to cut that off. Like recognize it. Call it what it is. Like, okay, here's this temptation, and it's causing, it manifests in physical action. My hand is, is sinning. It's causing me to be in sin. You would think sinning against others as well, but as we sin against others, we are in sin. We don't often think about that because we don't like to be in sin. <laughs> But when we sin against others, we ourselves are walking in sin. And you got to recognize it. He says, cut that out. Cut it off. He says, it's better to go into life whole or, or without that hand to go into life than to be walking away with both hands. He goes on to say, and if your foot causes you to sin... Cut it off. Where you're going? Where, where are you going? What's the company you're keeping? What's the, you know, like, where, where is your life taking you? Like, if your foot is carrying you away and it's carrying you into things that it shouldn't, if it's causing a little one to stumble, if it's causing strife, he says, better to cut that foot off. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out what you're seeing, what you're looking at. The eyes are the 
window of the soul. Jesus said, if the eyes are dark, how dark indeed. Like, better to take that eye out and to go into life than to have two eyes and be walking away in darkness. He's talking about those temptations that come and those things that, that pull people into what they're talking about here, this, these arguments and these different things, the temptations that pull them away, that cause those who are watching and looking to stumble. Kids are great mirrors, are they not? <laughs> you know, you don't realize some of the things you say until your kid starts talking. <laughs> and then they say it, and you're like, where'd you hear that? Oh my goodness. They're like, from you. <laughs> you know, your expressions or your jokes or different things, uh, like your, your mannerisms, the way they respond, and they do it at a child level. We do it at a grown-up level. <laughs> we kind of mask it and stuff. He says, look, a little one is watching. People are, people are making up their mind about Jesus by how you guys are loving each other and how you guys are together or not together, what, what you're doing the things you're going through. Jesus is holding this one. He's like, these little ones are watching you and the things you put your hand to, he's gonna put his hand to. The things your feet take you to, his feet will take him there. The things that you're looking at, he's gonna be looking at. Why? Because you're discipling him one way or the other. He's seeing it. He's, he's living it. He's part of it. Something that's difficult as a pastor and I, I totally understand it, but it's difficult as a pastor is to have a conversation around the dinner table with your kids, and they say, Dad, I never want to go into ministry. At least not the way you do it. Well, what do you mean? I don't think I ever want to be at that level. I want to be in a church and love and serve. Why? Why would a little one say that? As they grow up, why would they do that? Sometimes it's, well, they see the demand of shepherding. Sometimes that's normal and that's, it is what it is. Like, this is what God has called me to and not everybody's called to this and I have to be in lives and I have to go and help and I'm praying and I'm doing things. And they're like, I, you know, my dad's always out the door doing stuff at different things. It's like, I don't want that. I get it. That's not, if they're not called there, they're not called there. But the other side is that they see, they see church, they see community, they see life. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have church hurt? You know? Like, we go through things. And do we reconcile? Jesus is saying, be reconciled to his disciples. And don't cause the little ones to stumble. And so here, he's, he's saying to them, what you're doing needs to be taken care of. You 12, you need to take care of this thing. You need to root this out of your hearts and out of your life. You need to cut it off, and you need to love each other really well. So a world that is dying, that is in darkness, for those little ones who are growing in faith, for those who are, like, they need Jesus. Like, we sing songs every week about how we need Jesus. I'm over here crying during the other song, thinking about how I need Jesus. And I'm just thinking, we say that all the time, and then they see us like this, the hands, the eyes, the feet, and people are like, I don't need that Jesus. Because they're looking at us. And so Jesus is 
talking to his disciples, if you're arguing about who's the greatest and what the ministry looks like and all this, and you got this stuff under the surface, people will see that, and they're going to be like, yeah, I don't want that. Like that if, if that's what the church is, I, man, I don't know if you've heard this, but if that's what the church is like, I don't need the church. That's, I think that's probably like one of the most common atheist arguments. Just look at the church. Like, if that's what it is, who needs that? Jesus is saying it's not this. It's different. It's other. He goes on. He says, for everyone will be salted with fire. Odd expression. What I think he's saying here is we're all going to walk through life together. We're all going to have trials. We're all going to have tribulations. We're all going to stumble. We're all going to mess up. But we need each other. We need to have grace for each other. We're all going to go through these things. We're all going to be salted with fire. No one's immune from it. No one receives Jesus and then glory. Well, maybe if they died as they received him. But walking through life, we will have trials and struggles. That was meant to be a joke. You guys are just like, man, he's like really. We all will be salted with fire. But he says this, salt is good. What? It's good? How is this good? Because it preserves, it, it, it keeps together, it, it transforms, it changes things. Jesus says to the disciples in Matthew, you are the salt of the earth. You're the preserving agent. You're the one that's changing things. You're the ones that, that make this difference. You're the ones who are bringing the kingdom. It's coming through you. He, he's working through you. You're salt. And that's what he says here. He says salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? He says have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. There, see the whole section now? from arguing to be at peace. So here he says to them, salt in this time, it, doesn't, it didn't come in the pure form like we could get salt today. Like it's usually mixed and so it could leach out if it got wet or whatever, the salt could leach out and then the stuff you had left behind is no good. It doesn't preserve, it doesn't do anything. He's like, if you lose the saltiness, the stuff you got's no good, right? So he's saying, if, if we are not walking in the principles of the kingdom, if we're not walking with Christ, if we're not in Christ, it's like you're not being what God wants you to be. You're not doing the things he wants you to do. You're not, you're not salty. You're not making people thirst and hunger for God and for righteousness. You're, you're, you're no good. You're just stuff. So he says to them, he says, salt is good. And he says, so have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Be at peace with one another. Be reconciled one to another. So come to each other. Talk to each other. Be reconciled. Pull off those things that have hindered and have caused arguments and division. So here's how you do not one another. Matthew 24.10 says this. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. So when we one another in the Bible, we have to do the good ones, not the bad ones. Here's some of the bad ones. Betrayal and hating. In the flesh, we can all be guilty of that. He says, don't do that. Or how about Galatians 5.25? It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. I didn't give you the full context. Um, don't be boastful and challenging and envying. We'll have to add the, the verse. I 
apparently cut it off last night as my eyes were blurry. (laughs) Don't be boastful and challenging and envying one another. How about Galatians 5.15? But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Biting and devouring. Pointing and pointing and biting and that and devouring them. First Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that no one repays anyone evil for evil. Man, isn't that the way? I want retribution. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. I heard out of Aiden last night. Greta was complaining. She's not in this service. They said sex service. So I, it's online though. Anyway, uh, last night, Greta was complaining, and she did one of these things where she threw a fake fit. You know, it was like, but I don't want I'm so hurt. And then, then you kind of like, if you whatever, we'll do it. And then it's like, all right, fine, great. You know, and Aiden's like, whoa. He's like, Greta, that's manipulation. He's like, we will not have that. You don't cry like that. And then all of a sudden, turn it off. He's like, you weren't hurt. He's like, you're just doing that to get your way. And he says, and if you cry like that, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> I was sitting across from everybody who said all that. And I just thought, he's heard that from me, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't repay evil for evil. That's what he wanted to do. You're going to act evil? I'll be evil back to you. Mark 14.4. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was the ointment wasted like that? So a woman comes in, blesses Jesus, pours perfume on his feet as he's getting ready to go and die. And some of the disciples are indignant. They're like, oh, indignant, judging why would you do that? That was her offering to give. That was her thing. It had nothing to do with them, but they judged it and they were angry at her because she didn't do what they wanted. These are how we are not to one another. So how should we one another? Romans twelve ten, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So loving one another, being devoted to one another is, is, is another way that that passage is translated. Giving preference to one another. Showing honor is also giving preference to one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So we are to encourage. Hey, I know it's not going well right now, but you know what? I'm with you. I'm praying with you. How can I help you? Let me encourage you. God is working in it. It's going to change. He's going to do something. Let me encourage you. Let me build you up. Build you up. I know it seems difficult right now, but the King of kings and Lord of lords is in your life, and he is working, and he's given you the Holy Spirit. You have all power, and you are able to make it through. He will not leave you nor forsake you. You got this, but I'm here too. (laughs) I'm here with you but you have all resources of heaven in you right now. You can do it. God can carry you. I know you feel like you can't, but he will carry you. Building each other up, giving them truths that to say, you can make it. You can do it. Why? Because God loves you like Jesus holding that little child. He's not going to leave you. 
James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Confessing to one another, speaking to one another, talking to one another. And look at this. Confessing your sins to one another and pray for one another. What is that showing? It's showing reconciliation there. Let me, let me tell you what's going on in my life. Let me tell you what's going on in my heart. Let me tell you what's under the surface here. I need to confess that to you. I need to confess unbelief. I need to confess other things. But I need to, and it's like, yeah, I received that. I forgive you. Let's pray. God, bring us together. Make us strong as brother and sister again. Make us walk through all this well. You know, confessing, praying for. Second uh, Corinthians thirteen twelve. Greet one another with a holy kiss. We're not doing that. But we can greet one another in a very holy way. Greeting one another. You know what I hear about the bridge all the time? That people feel real loved. I think we do that really well without kissing. Bob gets close with the hugs, I tell you, buddy. But it, no. Uh, but just the affection you have for one another. Man, I'm glad you're at church today, man. Hey, give me a hug. Good to see you. How's it going? Not like, how's your week? All right, good. But how's your week? And listen, <laughs> you know, greet one another. First uh, Thessalonians 4.18. Therefore, encourage one another. First Peter 4.9. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Oh, I can't believe I have another person coming over this week. You should be like, we have someone coming over this week. I get to hear what's going on in their life. God, okay, God, how would you help me encourage them and build them up? And, and how can I minister to them? And, and what kind of needs do they have? And, and, and Lord, help me and give me ears to listen. And, and that I would just wouldn't talk about all the stuff going on in my week. But help me to really just have a place where they can come and rest and be. And that's all. Hospitality without grumbling. Come, have a meal with us. Stay as long as you want. Hang out. I know we said goodbye four times and it's almost midnight. You guys want to stay, you can. You got your couch, you know, like whatever. Hospitality. John 13, 34. The new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Loving one another as Jesus loves. Ephesians 4, 2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So with humility and gentleness and patience, we come alongside one another. These are not easy to do. How do we do all this? With the Holy Spirit, with the power of God in us, transforming us. When it's hard, Ephesians 4, 2, when a relationship is hard, I, in the flesh, hate that verse. (laughs) With humility and gentleness and patience, Bearing with, that means coming alongside. That means being in close relationship. That means talking and doing things together and seeing each other. And it's like, oh, you're going to be there that weekend? I think we've got something else to do. I don't know. Like, that's not bearing with. Bearing with is like, all right, we're going we're gonna to work this out. And we're going to be better for it. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good for one another. So doing good, even if someone does evil towards you. Um, Romans 15, 7. 
Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Welcoming one another for the glory of God. Welcoming them into fellowship. Welcoming them into uh, deeper discipleship. Welcoming them just as Christ welcomed us. I know people got stuff going on, but welcoming them. We're all broken. We're all screwed up. We all have stuff going on. And when we walk in and someone says, I don't care what's going on, just come on in. Come have a seat. Come be here. You know what James talks about that? When, when the poor comes into the fellowship and different things, he says, what do you do? He says, you give them the front seats. Like, give them the seat of honor. Don't just give it to the rich guy who's got it all together and everybody wants to be friends with him. Like, look at one another. Welcome them as Christ would welcome them. It doesn't matter who they are, where they're from, if they came out of the gutter, if they came out of the high rise, it doesn't matter. Just welcome them and say, I'm glad you're here. Come, be with us as God has welcomed us, each of us. Welcome one another. Next one, 1 Corinthians 11.33. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Being patient, waiting for one another, waiting for one another. Just waiting for one another. He's going to get here. She's going to get here. I know it. I remember waiting for my sister for Thanksgiving we had to start telling her we met like at 2 in the afternoon for a 5 o'clock dinner. <laughs> She'd show up at 5 and be like, hey, am I late? No, you're actually right on time. Wait for one another. Being patient. We're not all at the same place in the journey, but we're all on the journey. And sometimes some of us are well ahead, and sometimes we're the ones that are behind. But those of us who are ahead, are just we just wait. We're like, come on. I got you. You ever been on a hike with somebody who's like, hey, do you like to go hiking? You're like, sure, I like to hike. I got tennis shoes. You know, like, and they're like, let's go hiking. So you go out with them, and, and you're thinking, we're going on the trail, and it's going to be nice and marked out there. And they're like, nope, they're, they're the Bobby Churchiches of the world. They're like, there's the path, but we're going that way. And they're just like, oh, and they're going through the woods. They're like, come on. And, and they just leave you behind, right? And they're just like, I made it. You know, like those guys are hard to hike with. They're like, no, when I meant hiking, I meant like we're getting in the woods. It's like, I wanted a nice trail. What do they do? They usually get a little bit ahead, and they're like, oh, this is hard, or this is a little bit, and they start to notice, like, this guy doesn't hike, at least not like I do. And they wait, and they help you up, and they pull you along. They're like, come on, let's go over here. And by the end, you, you get wherever you guys decide to walk to or go or hike to, and then you're both there, and you're together, and you're both like, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was it. And then you start joking about how you almost busted your butt on that one rock and how he tripped over that log and then, the, you know, that animal that scared both of you and you thought you were going to die because you thought it was a bear and it was really just a little field mouse and whatever. You know, like you just, you have those conversations at the destination when you're there and you're just like, Phew. and then your next thought is, can we take the trail back <laughs> and not go the way we came? Wait for one another. Be patient. Next one, Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens and so fill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. What's going on? How can, we, how can we help each other? How can we walk through this together? In the second service, we're going to give Bibles to our second graders that are moving up. But moms and dads in here, grandmas, grandpas, I, you know, you may have learned this, but if you haven't, here's, here's what I've learned along the way. If you are willing to bear with your children, like bear the burdens with them, not fix it for them, 
but walk through things with them, open, discussing it, talking about it, saying, hey, it's okay, buddy, what's going on? How do we do that? Okay, what do you think's best here? Well, what do you think God would have us do? Like, if you bear one another's burdens, I know it's embarrassing. It's okay. It's okay. It, not that we're going to do that anymore. We're going we're gonna to change it. We're going to correct. We're going to do, but let me help you do it. If you have those conversations, your relationships become so strong. And the kids are like, my parents will bear with me through anything. I can tell them anything. And they, they bear with me. We should do that in the church too. Bear one another's burdens. It shouldn't be like, hey, I got this going on in my life. And you go, hey, you need counseling. You need to email Christina. <laughs> no, we should bear one another's burdens. Help one another through it. Ephesians 5, 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another. That means taking the lower position. It's like, hey, that means... I give you preference. You go first. You have it. We don't have to do it my way. Let's do it that way. Submitting to one another. Hey, here's, here's how it looks. And, and we've had this discussion, especially in a fellowship. Okay, we all have different roles. We're in different positions. And I don't agree with how that's being led, but that's okay. I, I'm going to submit to that. I'm going to give preference there. I'm going to be like, we can do this together. Being subject to each other. Hebrews 10, 24, let us also consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Stirring each other up. So bearing with each other, encouraging each other, but stirring up. I see that gift in you. I see this in you. Like, you should go after that. I don't know, I've been praying about this ministry maybe that God, go after that. Let me stir you up. What do you need to get going in that? If that's of God, let me help you. I, I mean, I might not be able to do much, but... How can I get you there? Let me stir that up in you. Like, what is it that God's doing? Let me stimulate that to good works. Do those things. Serve that way. Take that risk. Like, yeah, go for it. Be a cheerleader at times. Like, go team. Jesus, yay. Like, you got it. Sometimes we're on the sidelines waving the pom-poms, and we're stirring up those who are ministering to good works. We're just supporting. We're just cheering. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Be kind. Man, that goes a long way. Just be kind. Love one another. Be tenderhearted. Forgive one another. Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from rivalry or conceit. Oh, that's the disciples, isn't it? Rivalry. Or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Being humble towards one another, considering them better than yourself, not out of rivalry. Ephesians 4.25, therefore having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. This one is so important. Speaking truth to your neighbor, not your truth, truth, God's truth, speaking what is true. And in times of conflict or times of strife or whatever you need to have conversations, say, here's how that affected me. Here's what stirred in me. Here's what I don't understand. I'm looking at, like, what is God, can you show me what God would have us do? Or maybe as I was reading, I think this verse speaks to what happened in our relationship. This, this, 
speaking truth to one another is so important. So we need to do that. This is how reconciliation happens with the disciples. They have to speak to each other. They have to speak truth to each other. What's the, what's the offense? What's going on? What's working? What's not working? Colossians 3.13. Oh, I can go to John. John 13.14. It's okay. Okay, thank you. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must, so you also must forgive. Coming to a place where you actually forgive. Forgiving is saying, not I forgive you, but forgiving is saying, we are reconciled. I'm not bringing it up. I'm not going to bring it against you. I don't count it as a record of wrong. Like, we have dealt with the issue. I forgive you. It is done. It's, it's, it's no longer on our account. So we bear with one another, and if you have a complaint, speak truth to one another. Talk to one another, and then forgive one another. You could go to that next one, John 13, 14. Sorry, I had it out of order. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, serving each other, just as Jesus served. That's what he started with in that passage. He had them in front of him. He picks up this child, and he says, this is how I love. This is how you're to love. Later he says, this is how I served. I washed your feet. He brings them right back to the same illustration at the end, doesn't he? He's like, here's, they have the argument. He says, love like this, serve like this. It's this, not what you're doing. It's this. This is how you're supposed to one another. This is kingdom. This is how it's seen. This is how it's manifested and brought around for others to see and experience and be brought in and be built up. So serve one another the same way the Lord has served us. And then Mark 9.50, where we start is where we finish. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves. That's the one another. Have salt in yourselves and be at peace. Be at peace. The greatest thing is a church that loves each other and is at peace. People see that and they're like, I, I, I'm not used to that. Be at peace with one another. So, as we look at what Jesus has taught us here in Mark chapter 9, he shows us that this is what a disciple is, how a disciple lives. Individually, this is who we are in Christ. And as the bridge, this is who we are. So let us strive after Jesus as he would have us strive together in him. Will you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. And I thank you that um, you're here, you're moving, you're working. Individually, you show us what you want us to be and how you want us to be like you and and to serve these one anothering passages, I'm sure there's some in, <laughs> that hit hit home for us today. So, Holy Spirit, would you just work in that area? Help us to to start being transformed and changed, and walking in truth. There, if we have questions, God, would you just help us through the Scripture as we read it? And would you help us 
uh, by working through each other as we bear with one another and as we answer questions together and as we pray together and as we're reconciled and we become a strong light, a strong city on a hill. Jesus, you said in, in Matthew, not only are you the salt of the earth, you said to your people that were coming, you are a city on a hill, a light is not hidden, it's not put under a basket, but it's put on the table where that, where that shining beacon. And as we do this, God, make us a people so after your heart that this one, a love like you love, that just others just can't help but be brought in. Just can't help but being on the Savior's lap, being embraced, being transformed, being cared for. And God, some of us need to climb up in your lap today. So as we sing, Spirit, if you would move us to receive prayer, I pray that, that we would do that. There's two of us this morning, Amy and myself, that are here for, from the prayer team. But if you would like prayer as we sing, we want to pray for you. Or even afterwards, God, just, may we just want another well. May we just love each other with a little bit of time of fellowship we have after this service. Bring us together as one, one people, one Lord, one baptism, one spirit, one faith, one God of all, over all, in all, through all. Christ be glorified in your bride. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening. The Bridge Bible Church stands to exalt the name of Jesus. We seek to be a community that gives glory to Christ above all things and welcomes all people to join us in worshiping Him. If you don't have a church home, consider visiting ours. We are ordinary people who want to live life with authentic faith. For more information on how to get connected, deepen your faith, and experience what God has for you, please visit our website at thebridgewire.com.